you compressing me? Hey, no, hey, I, hey, hey, hey. Compress hey. you in the box, dude. Dude, compress me. You know I'm going to laugh really loud. Uh, welcome to episode two of the walkthrough. Hey, hey. I'm Jeff. What's up, baby? Kev. Kebo. We got Dries is back. Kevin Dries. I'm back, baby. Dries is back. Episode number two. Seven. Um, what? We. Oh, this is number two. This is episode two. Uh, with I really our first interview because we didn't really interview you the first. No, you more we, just hang. We with re- us. Yeah, uh, you're just gonna be like the. I'm just here for some one, here. one-liners. Um, but we're just we, here to casually drink with us while we do. This. <laughs> yeah, that's really the. That's really it. I say we. We. It was mostly Kev. We interviewed. Um, <laughs> Gra- All right. Yeah. Grammy none of this aw- is good. <laughs> Grammy. <laughs> Grammy award winning. Grammy award yeah, do winning. Your, do your intro thing for him. And then I'll and then we'll then I'll jump in later. You can do that. I thought what we had going. Was I fine. thought that was fine. I was going to introduce oh, it until you got thing? interrupted. Until I got interrupted. Yeah. Oh, no. I, <laughs> yeah. 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 We All have right, an interview that. with Grammy <laughs> Award winning uh, engineer, <laughs> mixer, producer, all of the above. Drummer, yeah. He's, everything. Um. He. He. Um. I think he. Oh, we should have asked him, huh? <laughs> um, he engineered the Ziggy Marley stuff for sure, and I think it won uh, Reggae Record of the Year, so that constitutes a Grammy for for the engineer. Um. <laughs> his, <laughs> his name is Carlos de la Garza. Carlos of the Garza, um, as in the English translation. Who uh, I think he's a, re- a reincarnation of the Carlos de la Garza from, from the eight- Texas Revolution. He might be. The, he's the mid 1800s. He's cool. He's from California. He's suave. He's way cooler than all of us. Um, and he looks Californ- like he has. A- California kids are way cooler than anybody else. In yeah, the and he looks like he hasn't aged in like 20 years. He really doesn't. That's just how and California he's works. The most amazing human being on the planet. It's all that vitamin D from the sun. It's all that D. All dude. year round, baby. All year round. Yeah, but we got uh, probably about. Almost close to an hour uh, of talking with him and just discussing what he's up to, where he came from, how he got into the biz. Um, Admittingly, I didn't know that much about him, but he he's kind of done everything. I mean, he was a drummer. He toured. He's produced. He engineers. He mixes. Does everything. I mean, literally has the done jack of all just trades. about everything. Um, um any uh. So that's what we got coming up here on the rest of this podcast. Any any notes from last I wanted, last week? Any yeah, any I, controversy? Any I debate wanted, here? I wanted an honorable mention to my not even honorable mention. I'm actually really upset that I left it off my list of albums from, from okay. that decade. Minus the bear, highly refined pirates. Oh yeah, that's a good one. I, I started that's a good one. because I just stumbled upon it th- this week. Just listening to music in the back and. Um, there's a song on there called "We Are Not a Football Team," and I might put that in like my top five favorite songs of all time. Wow, it's a it, it it's a really it's, it's a, a really statement. cool record. It's a bold statement, but I fucking love that song, and I'm really upset I left that off my list. Yeah, I so I, I want to insert that. Who would you replace? Yeah, right, Dave. Yeah, that's oh, a good shit. call. Busted okay, stuff. Yeah, that makes get, sense. Out, get out of here. That was an easy one. That was an easy one. That was are you gonna are you? We got one replacement. What do you want to do? Any replacements there? Uh, I did my homework, so I'm pretty content with my picks. <laughs> I did my research, so I'm pretty happy with my picks. Okay, all right. I'm pretty happy with mine too. So nice, nice. Minus nice. the bear. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome in. They're not here, but no. let's, let's get them on. General. Yo, Carlos. 
Yo, Caleb, is this you? Yo, Daddy, what's happening? What's happening, dude? How are you, man? Good, man. Yeah. Uh, do what I do, you know. Yeah, that's awesome, man. <laughs> We've got you with a little phone patch, man, so we're recording this. Okay, cool. Awesome, man. Um, I got my buddy Jeff here. He also works at Blackbird. What's up, Carlos? Damn, up, you, you, you sound good. <laughs> I've been told Thanks, that dude. before. So, good. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, we're just kind of... Oh, we'll give you a little brief rundown of like what we're, man. Why do I sound? I sound pretty bad. I huh? think you sound pretty good. Do actually. I sound good? Okay, yeah, cool. sound good over here. Um, so we've just been trying to create like a little podcast of just kind of making music cool and just you know real stories, um, talking with all of our buds and just kind of you know getting real life and and real tour stories or studio stories and not just kind of that fake Pensado's place bullshit. Uh, um, yeah. Oh God, dude, it's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell him I said that. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, if there's anything, um, we would just love to to just kind of talk to you. If you have a couple minutes, man, as long as you have. Yeah. Um, I know you're in the middle of pre-pro, but um, yeah, uh, I guess um, I guess I'll start off. Man. Yeah, go ahead. First off, how you doing, dude? I haven't seen you in like a couple of years or a year. Yeah. What, that was over a year ago. Oh my gosh. It's so wild, right? Time flies so fast, especially during a, a record cycle like you. Uh... It's almost like, in a way, it kind of is it's like when I was in the band and I was on tour, and like life goes by in these weird chunks, you know. Like, it's not days, weeks, or months. Like, you remember your life in like record cycles, you know. <laughs> like, you know, uh, <laughs> that one record, I was doing this, I was in Nashville, or right. In this Wolf Alice record, we were really hot summer, you know. I don't know. So yeah, it's always like, uh, like chapters of. Yeah, it's like the last ten years. It seemed like I measure my the chapters of my life in like records. Well, it's it's a pretty vast collection of records and some some really sick records, man. So congrats on everything. First off, and just like yeah, I guess um, if we're speaking about chapters in your life, why don't we start at the beginning, man? Um, L.A. You've been you're an L.A. cat through and through, right? Yeah, yeah. Born and raised. I was in, I was born in a, a little city called Artesia, which is of the suburbs of, of Los Angeles proper. It's about 45 minutes away from downtown LA. Um, yeah, so I was born in it's kind of a very normal upbringing. Just kind of went to public schools all my life. Uh, was really into skateboarding. Um, Skater boy. I my thing. Like, you know, I had like a, a sponsor and like all my friends. You know, it was my life. Skateboarding was my life. Right. All throughout my you know, early tween, early teens, and then into my, even into my early 20s, you know. Um, and then, like, I, ha- I got a, you know, drum set later in high school, and I started playing in bands and um, had some, you know, had some great times, and little by little, the skateboarding kind of died off, and the music kind of took over, and I, and then I um, was just touring bands off and on for, what, like, in almost 10 years. Dude, um, this is the most California story ever, man. You know, it, we were just skating with my friends. It dude, seems like just... a lot of the dudes from California all started out skateboarding, uh, which yeah, I guess there's there's really nothing wrong with it. I think skateboarding and music kind of go hand in hand. Absolutely. You know what's funny is a lot of my musical tapes were directly influenced by skateboard videos. Like, I would watch these right. videos, the soundtracks of them. That was the first time I heard The Descendants, for example was in a skate video and I was like, why is this band? It sounds so cool. And the first time I heard Operation Ivy. Was, oh, sick. 
at Hensley's part, you know, in, in an H Street video, or, um, I mean, there's a, it can go on, the list goes on and on, of, of cool bands that, like, directly influence me and my musical taste through skateboarding, you know. And then skateboard culture as a whole, you know, that at least at the time that I was growing up, it was very, you know, had this punk ethos that was kind of attached to it, and um, I remember Thrasher Magazine, for example, like, oh, punk, yeah. And of course, you know, there's almost always exclusively, like, cool skateboarders on the cover, but I remember there was a couple of covers where I think Henry Rollins was on the cover and Danzig was on the cover at one time. Um, so, yeah, this infusion definitely of, uh, of music, and particularly punk music, into skateboard culture was a strong one, and one that I definitely kind of adhered to early on and, and uh, kind of shaped my musical taste. That's so much so. cooler than, than, like, our Northeast, like mid 2000s same similar like upbringing like oh man like everybody was into skateboarding and that was kind of the culture except we were listening to really shitty music and i was <laughs> listening to blink 182 so uh i don't think i don't know that, it was that shitty. is shitty music no it was awesome it, it was awesome music but it's like it was more of that like emo culture versus right. like the punk culture that you guys have but it was so hand in hand like we were listening we kind of did our, our first little episode just on like mid two thousands records that we loved, and it was like Taking Back Sunday and Blink One Eighty Two. I always kind of envied the kids that grew up in California, skateboarding and like on the coast. Oh, they were super and, cool and listening to the cool music. I always, um, not like intimidated by California kids, but kind of. They just seemed so much cooler than like any other kid I'd hung out with. Yeah, That's funny. For, um, I remember growing up. My my family's from Texas. You know, my mom and dad are from Texas, so. We would spend our summers like going, you know, going to Texas. I remember we brought our skateboards with us one summer, thinking, "Oh yeah, this, you know, this will be something to do to get, you know, to, so that we have something to do." <laughs> yeah. Out of our mind. I just remember getting there, and a, it was like so hot and humid, it was like unbearable. Then b, there's no sidewalks or like smooth concrete really anywhere, so I kind, I could kind of, see, and you know, I could kind of see how. Um, you kind of have to have a certain climate and a certain kind of like, you know, I don't know, like yeah, it's just like certain certain cities of certain parts of the country just are not right. You know, that LA weather, yeah. man, it just it just gets you. So, uh, Carlos, sorry to interrupt. You said your family's originally from Texas, correct? My mom and dad were, yeah. They were um, so when I was when I was I guess prepping for this interview, I I was gonna use Wikipedia as my my full source of your bio, and oh. um. So I Googled your name, and if you Google it, the first thing that comes up on Wikipedia is a guy, Carlos de la Garza, who is... Yeah. Did you, are, is that, are you a direct relative of him? You know what's funny? Is I probably am. I mean, there's nothing... That's, my last name isn't that common, but, like, it's completely possible. It probably is. Um, I don't know that person. Pretty soon, my Wikipedia is going to be... Uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, it's going to be off the charts, man. <laughs> Well, I was I was telling Kev I started reading it and uh, the first thing it says is born in 1807. I was like, I don't think this is accurate. Uh, but I started <laughs> this guy's reading been more. This he, the whole time. He played a big part in the Texas Revolution, so I don't know. I think you got some cool got family some cool history there. I, I look good for my age, but I don't look that good. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you look, man. I was showing Jeff like, oh, Jeff met you by the way one time when you guys when we were playing ping pong at that brewery. Very when briefly. you were here. Very, yeah. Um, and we were there. We ended up being at the same bar that you, you and and Zach and those guys were at. He was yeah. there. He was there. So you guys met briefly. Cool. Awesome. Um, but uh, let's get into it, man. So our one big question for you is basketball. We're 
because Real Big Fish is in that movie. Were you drumming in Real Big Fish at the time that that movie came out? Unfortunately, no. I, uh, I didn't. We didn't. We looked, dude. We did. We looked, we and were then we were like, "That's it's, not it's him." It's too grainy but to it, actually yeah. see the the drummer's face. But Andrew, the previous drummer, kind of looked similar to me, um, and we were friends, you know. And he's one who kind of like really wanted me to be to take his place in the band when he left. But yeah, unfortunately, no. I, I joined in '99, and that movie came out. I want to say in like '97. Yeah. So is that was was Real Big Fish like the first um, major act that you were you were drumming with, or was anybody before that? Yeah, that was the first one. I mean, I had played in tons of local bands. There were right. some bands, a band called FYP, was like a punk band that was fairly well known in my area. Um, a band called Suburban Rhythm that was kind of well known, and you know, outside of the Long Beach, you know, scene where I kind of was coming up, most people had never heard of those bands before. And still don't. So, um, yeah, like I had just graduated. I had just graduated from from uh, college. I went to UCLA. Oh, that's right, American literature, right? Yeah, I did not major in music. <laughs> <laughs> really utilizing that. Yeah, that yeah. campus is unbelievable. Also, I've never been. Yeah, it's, it's actually really cool. Um, so yeah, I had just graduated school and was looking for a gig. Couldn't find anything to save my life. I remember just turning in application after application and, and hearing nothing back. And the phone finally rang one day. And it was it was not an employer. Well, it was an employer of sorts. It was um, the manager of Real Big Fish just straight up asked me if I wanted to, to join the band. And when the tour that was starting in like a few weeks from then. So, I, you know, it, it, it changed my life pretty dramatically. You know, like going from being dead broke and not having a job to then like and thinking I was going to join the the uh, you know the rest of the regular working world yeah of, of nine to five you know clocking in kind of um, day jobs that were you know I was prepared to be one of the of the many you know yeah and, you know nine to five or <laughs> well for even just like I mean growing up like um, Catch Twenty Two and Real Big Fish were like the two big. Mm-hmm. ska bands at the time so yep. it was like i mean f- for us you guys kind of pioneered like all of that there was like i know there's a lot more ska bands but that was like kind of it like growing up around that time it was just like real big fish and catch 22 and that's just it's crazy man that you're you're here talking to us and we were playing with those guys yeah it's funny yeah in in southern california at like there's a time in like the late 80s early yeah late 80s early 90s rather that um uh, like the bands that we, you know, and the local bands that I played and looked up to were like Fishbone and, um, you know, No Doubt was just coming up and they were actually right. really, you know, predominantly, we thought of them as a ska band. And, and um, those are really the two main ones that, you know, everyone had looked up to and, um, and played with and, op- you know, opened up for and at different times. Uh, it was just like thing, you know. Um, it was just like this new kind of music that kind of infused a lot of different things to it. It felt fun and exciting, and um, and to be honest with you, to be completely honest, by the time I joined Real Big, Real Big Fish, I was I was really not into that kind of music. Um, right. I sold I sold out, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> you dog. You dog. Oh man, you had that one lined up. 
Well, I, a real that's a song, right? Yeah, so, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was the joke. <laughs> no, yeah, that's a song, song right? right? Right over my head. All right, dude. So from Real Big Fish, then um, then into Sugar Cult, which I've actually seen Sugar Cult play with Green Day. That's Were you? That's a hell of a show. Yeah, it was right when American Idiot came out. Were you playing with them at that time? No, I just did like I played with them off and on for like just maybe one year um, after Real Big. So that was like in 2003. Uh, the tour we did was with Simple Plan and yes. uh, that band, um, a band called something with like oh, I'm totally spacing on the name of the band. Uh, Probably just a classic mid two thousands. The name of the singer was Justin. I remember that. Um, and Justin Timberlake. That was NSYNC. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Awesome, yeah. Yeah, so it was, you know, and a bunch of one-offs, you know, a lot of fly-out days. Yeah, man, Start Static was, like, one of my favorite records. And really yeah, it was it was a sick record. I remember my brother bought it. He was into cooler music than I was. Um, <laughs> the singer of that band and I, uh, we really struck up a friendship on, on the road, and really the basis of our friendship was, like, we were both just getting into recording at that time. Right, and, and this, like, this is uh, Tim, right? What's that? Tim, right? Yeah. Also, yeah doing doing crazy good, right? He, he did yeah. Shut Up and Dance with me, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Dude. He's, Man. A, he's a you know, great pop uh, alternative writer and producer and, and to this day one of my best friends. You know? um, and yeah, so like what sparked our friendship was our mutual interest in recording. I remember him playing me some early demos and I, and I kind of commented on, I remember we were in Amsterdam and I, he, I was listening No to big him. deal. <laughs> we were in Amsterdam, dude. No big deal. And I was, and I was just like giving him some feedback. I was like, "Oh yeah, I could hear you like can the reverb off the left side, and you know you double this." And like I gave him like a quick like my quick rundown of what I could hear he was doing, and like I could tell he was kind of um, slightly impressed, you know, that I kind of had any inkling as to what I was talking about, you know, right at that time. And um, and then from then on, it was like we were always, you know, going back and forth and checking, you know checking out each other's recordings yeah well you guys are kind of are kind of killing the alternative scene right now man like for real both of you guys yeah i mean one of the first big records i did was that first neon trees record was with tim that's right you did neon trees i totally forgot about that yeah yeah the um habit was the first record that's really funny because the first record i did with tim um and that had two i think they had two gold or platinum singles on it and then <laughs> yeah not, not a big deal yeah <laughs> it had two gold gold singles no big deal <laughs> and then the second record you're so modest man <laughs> <laughs> the second record was with J&J and that's how I met James right Jack. and then you guys have been going that bromance yeah. has been going strong ever since yeah yeah definitely yeah for sure I mean uh, from there we went we did I think after that we did Keegan and Sarah right and, and Yeah, and I guess you guys won that one for better or worse. I don't yeah, know. We, we did one song with him, <laughs> streaming. Um, we tracked most of it at my house. Actually, we did drums at Sunset Sound with uh, Victor playing drums because they still Zach was out of the band at that point. Right, right. And they didn't have a, a, any kind of permanent drummer, so this guy Victor and Drizzer played drums on the original version we did, 
we tracked all the overdubs at my studio, and then uh, and then we they liked it, and we ended up doing the whole record with them. You know, what's funny is a funny story about Paramore is that I had rented my studio out to Haley and Taylor, and um, and because initially they were just looking for a studio to do some songwriting in. Right. So this was before self-titled, and some of the songs eventually made it to the record. But so, and then independent of, independently of me renting it out to them, they hired JMJ to produce, and then he brought me on to engineer. So oh, wow. Like a weird thing where, like, it was... It was <laughs> hey, you guys booked my studio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man, it's a small world, and it's, like... It's crazy, like even just just meeting you last summer on the um, on the newer Paramore record after laughter, and then just you knowing Tim and my brother's friend's band Bel Air was just recording with Tim. Right. It was right. like it just and it's so crazy just the, how small this universe really is, and like especially this industry. I, yeah. I just can't. It's so that just things like that happen all the time where you just like meet even, somebody. Yeah, and, for sure. Even here in Hollywood, in LA, like it, there there really is a bunch of people. Where, I mean, there's probably a million people working on music, but at a, at a you know, it, it does seem like a small town at the end of the day and everybody knows everybody or what each other's doing or, or even like down to the gear, like, Oh yeah, so-and-so had that reverb and I bought this microphone off. Right. So-and-so. Yeah. All that gear has history, even and people know, you can trace the lineage back. And, and nobody gives a fuck but us. I like, really <laughs> noticed that, especially with gear working at Blackbird. It was just, oh, is that, you know, so-and-so's piece of gear? And it's like, yeah. I, have, I, don't, I have no idea. You tell me, you know? Yeah, it's funny. I, there's a, um, speaking of which, you, you guys, so there's a, I had a BX20. Um, it gave you BX20 reverb, and it was at my place for a while. And um, I think I told you, Kevin, that Dave Cobb and I go way back. We're friends. Yeah, yeah. At one, at one point, I traded him my BX20 or something I can't remember what it was, and um, and and I talked to him recently. He's like, "Oh yeah, I traded out to Vance Powell. And then I look on the UAD <laughs> thing, and I think they sampled the, the, the BX20. Yeah, and that's your your <laughs> BX20. And where's your where's your compensation yeah. for that? Where's your residuals on that thing, man? Nowhere. So yeah. it's funny when you sometimes when you hear about the link, you know, like I, speaking about here again, like things come can come full circle. I wouldn't be surprised if I end up with that thing again. <laughs> That's crazy, and I know I don't think we have any of our guys out at at Sunset, but I know like a lot of our former students here at the academy and some of our our interns and stuff are out at East West. So I'm probably pretty sure you've uh, probably worked with some of them out there. Uh, Capital too, I believe. Yeah. Oh right, yeah, yeah, uh, I, I, yeah. Um, there was somebody. Uh, pretty much, their uh, East West whole staff went to school here. Really, there's a guy named Tyler. Uh, Not him. <laughs> <laughs> the one guy you mentioned. <laughs> There's another guy named. Uh, There's two guys with the same name there, and I can't remember either of them, of course. There's, um, I think, Bo, Chad, Michael, um, Bill. A lot of them are their runners and stuff, but I think a couple mm-hmm. of them are assistants. I think Bo and Michael are assistants there. Yeah, I think Bo I've worked with before. Yeah, he's kind of a little scruffy. He usually wears like a trucker hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's crazy, man. But you, um, speaking of, of engineers, man, we just had Nico Bolas in the house. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, and you guys worked together at Capitol, right, for a bit? Well, I worked, yeah, so my first, like, proper gig in the, in, in the pro audio world was, like, I worked as a, basically a runner slash assistant at Capitol. So, 
Um, I, I got in there in the early 2000s, and I, I was lucky, man. Like, sometimes you have these points in your life where um, technology, you know, like, this is a time when tape was still the predominant medium. Right. You know? mm-hmm. And you had a lot of guys who were definitely holding on to it, you know, because it was the only way to knew, and this, this new computer world was just scary to a lot of older guys who didn't know really how to press record on a computer. So I remember... Um, I started off as a runner, and I was mainly doing setup because we, we do so much orchestration over at Capital Dot. Yeah. We have been tearing down um, mics and headphones and lighting and staging. Um, it was like a pretty much 24-hour job, you know, between the different studios. So um, I was, I was, um, I got in at a time when I remember I was on a session and uh, I did a, just a global edit. They wanted to cut, you know, it was like a, it was a, it was like a orchestra. It was like a big band. It was a big band session, mm-hmm. and uh, so this one soloist sits there and a couple of bones in the solo, so they wanted to like remove eight bars of it, and and the engineer didn't know how to do it, and he looked over at me. He was like, "Hey, do you know how to do this edit?" And I was like, "Yeah, man." And I jumped in there, and it took me like a minute, of course, and I played it back. And the dude, because most of the guys in the band were in the control room too, and they were older guys, and they were blown away at how fast. And how how fast I did it, and how seamless it sounded. Right. And after that, I started getting calls to be, you know, seconding more, you know, on proper engineering or seconding on sessions. You know? All so, because of that. That's that's awesome. I'll, yeah, like, yeah. Um, and but it's funny because I I actually didn't know the tape side very well. I I was right. really at the curve on on the Pro Tools side, but I didn't really know the tape side. So, and, you know, and the other side of that coin was I was on a session with Nico. The, First one I met him with, met him on, and, um, and he's like, "Oh yeah, can you thread that that ATR over there?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." And I, and I didn't, I'd never worked on an ATR. Oh ever. man, those are a bitch <laughs> if you don't know how they work, man. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, um, it's not, yeah. it's not rewinding." You fucking idiot! Yeah, <laughs> something like that. You know, so. Um, but then, like, I was able to break the ice because I was like, hey, I know Val, you know, Val Garay, who's like a guy I had made a record with and really pushed and who, um, who had kind of mentored Nico right. back in the day. And uh, we traded, like, Val Garay war stories and, and we kind of connected on that level. So that was, that was, um, that was cool and it was great. Nico's rad. I mean, he's, uh, I just actually, I think he was at Sunset, like, just last week, um, doing something with, Boss Gags, I think. Oh, yeah. Boss. Um, Boss. Yeah. But Nico's rad. That's awesome, it's man. Like, it's a small, again, like... I know, dude. And he's, like, just here. He's with you one week, and then he's here the next week. And uh-huh. it's, dude, this, it is, it's wild. Well, I remember uh, when I was interning here, Nico was... I forget who he was working with. Um, Nathan was the assistant. Uh, Nathan Yarborough. And I was petrified of Nico because I kept hearing stories about how if you fucked up in front of him he had like a he had waffle house applications in his briefcase <laughs> yeah and he was i don't know i don't know how true it actually is but i i just heard stories that if you fucked up around him he'd basically just hand you an application and be like maybe you're better off doing something else that is awesome classic love, speaking of applications i have a funny story is that yeah, please please I, hit us with that when, you know when i first got the gig at capital um uh i remember thinking like how lucky I was to have a gig, you know, um, 
And then you get the gig and you're like, oh my God, this is brutal. (laughs) (laughs) What did I get myself into? (laughs) No, I I mean, I'm I'm lucky. Like, Capitol is genuinely probably one of the best places you probably possibly have if you're looking to, you know. Yeah, of course. Like, the whole staff there is just so so rad and great. I had nothing but positive experience. But I will say. No, tell us us the real. I mean, (laughs) this is, we're going deep here. Tell us how you really feel. I don't want that sugar coated, oh, everybody's super cool and Capitol's the best. No, I want. We want dirt on people. We want the dirt. Well, I, to... I was going to say, uh, it was funny because um, what reinforced how lucky I was was that I remember this time, it was, you know, facts was changed. I'm dating myself here. But they would get faxed applications from people who had graduated from recording school. What's well, a fax? And, um, <laughs> and they had they had the fax machine set up so that it would, it would go off all day. It would get 20, 30 applications a day. And they had it set up so that... Um, the applications fed directly into a trash can. <laughs> Did not even look at it. They had it like set on top of the shelf, and it would come in, and they would just eat right to the trash can. That's amazing. <laughs> That's beautiful. That is so amazing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> because like you know, how studios like that are they, they hire from within, or it's like a reference. right. So it's not like you're not going to hire a kid who just out of a who knows what kind of you know out of some recording school That's, that like no, yeah. It's, it's you're just talking to us. It's just yeah, us don't worry, conversation. No <laughs> and I doubt anybody's ever going to listen to this ever. So I just wanted to catch up with you, really. <laughs> no, um, um, I I did want to touch on something quickly without getting like too technical, but um, yeah, that's one of the things, and and I think we're doing an okay job at it. Um, we could cut this out or whatever, but one of the things, like, man. And tell me how you feel about this too. We Jeff won't get too technical on this question. I know he's going to ask, but man, I hate how technical everything is. Like, I mean, nobody knows. Like, you can't read a sound on sound article without going like, or, or a tape op article, and you just I, I can't even read them. I get bored. Like, mm-hmm. I'm I don't know. It's just uh, we want to provide something for people that's not like so boring. Yeah. Well, the the funny thing about that is, I, I think is, I think when I'm when you're. When I started out, anyway, I can speak for myself. Um, there, I felt this tremendous inadequacy. You know, like there's so much to learn. It was so daunting. I didn't go to recording school. I was trying to figure it out all on my own by reading as many books and magazines as possible. I mean, pre-internet, even like it was, it was yeah. really hard to find information mm-hmm. for me. And um, and I always felt like I just, you know, there, there's so much to learn, and it was a little bit of a black art. You know, and I was constantly trying to compensate with any inadequacies and inadequacies I felt by by the gear, and but it must be something like you know, so there's something technical that I don't know that's forbidding me from getting these recordings to sound the way they need to sound. You know, I'm not in the right studio. I don't have the right microphone. I don't have the right EQ. You know, blah blah right. blah. Oh yeah. And you go, you can go down this wormhole, and at the end of the day, nobody gives a fuck about any of that. Shit. Oh man, like, I'm so glad you just none. said that. Like it's 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 the least important thing in the in you know in, in the course of making a record or a song. Don't get me wrong. I, if I have the choice between a Neve and a Mackie, I'll choose a Neve any day of the week. That being said, it's truly the least important thing of of when it comes to making a, a record. You know, like it's about it's about the big picture choices of you know you know the arrangement of the song, getting the right uh, vibe for the song or the right vibe for the. Um, for the recording as a whole, like 
you want the, you know, what is the sound that you're going for for the drums? Is the drummer playing too busily, you know, or um, it's all it's all those like kind of bigger picture kind of situations that um, right that are like so much more important than you know which EQ you cut at you know you know which EQ you use to to, to cut five dB at use that new EQ man. Like that doesn't even mean anything, especially because it's like every. I'll tell you what I know from my experience is like every single time it's like different. You know, I, I can't tell me how many times I've. I think I have a win. You know, I had a winning formula of like, oh, this pedal with this guitar and this microphone right. sounds sick, and then you try it again on a, the next record and it doesn't sound anything like that. You know, like every song is different, every player is different. Um, well, I, I was even having a conversation with an engineer saying, he was like, hey, man, how do you, what what is your, what's your phase, like, your, this is going to get super nerdy, but, like, what's your, your phase situation with the drums? And you're just like, I, I don't know, I don't care. Like, not like, I, I mean, I care, but it's like, it's one of those things, like, you know, if, if. If I, I'm confident with the way it sounds and the the artist doesn't care, then I don't. I couldn't give a shit if if right. the overheads are out of phase with the snare drum right. or if even the or whatever it is. It's like as long as it sounds good, my job. It, it, that's what they hired me to do is to make it sound good for them, and that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, it's like at the end of the day, no no one's gonna care if the song isn't just like. Thing. It's, I mean, like no matter what it takes to get it there, you just have to do whatever it takes to make it sound rad. And you know, with even if that means having whether you have all the gear in the world at your disposal, or whether you have none and just like a laptop, minimal amount of plugins. Um, I mean, yeah, there's pe- there's people sitting in their in their bedrooms making music that sounds good. So it yeah. it really it, it doesn't matter as long as it does. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Man, and the main reason we wanted to get you on here um, today was because of the um, the Wolf Alice record that came out today, um, which you engineered um, yeah. with JMJ producing, correct? Yep, yep. Yeah, um, and what man, sick, sick. I record. love it. Sick record. Yeah. I've yeah. never really listened to them before, and I just knew it was going to sound amazing. But it sounded like some of the songs, like um, the drums, were super dry and like. Is that just where you, because of where you guys recorded them, or a stylistic thing, what they wanted, or yeah, I, that was that was a record that was very, uh, it's pretty varied in terms of the drum sounds. Um, we had so much to choose from that are very, they have like a great budget to work with. So we were able to get, you know, Mike Fasano, uh, and we were at East West. Um, we were making our records in the same time that Foo Fighters were doing um, their record right next door to us the whole time. Oh wow, that's wild. Which was nice, like uh, you know, awesome. Is that Dave would would um, you guys on first name basis? You and Dave, Dave <laughs> me and Dave, and Dave, no big deal. He's popping in, commenting on the drum sounds. <laughs> well, yeah, Planet Hunter was one of my favorites, and that's where I heard it, it was really like seventies and kind of. Yeah. Oh man, that song is really cool. But sorry. Oh no, I was gonna I was gonna say it was, it was rad because we were uh, Dave would like put barbecue every Friday for everyone in the studio, and we'd all come out. Oh and, man. But then. At the studio next to us, United, which is like less than a block away, the Queens of Stone Age guys were recording their record. And so there's one day where we came out and it's like, oh, there's, you know, guys were like rock gods living among us. I know, dude. That's. And you guys are just casually eating barbecue with them. Yeah. 
Castillo, the bass player from Wolf Alice, has like a um, Queens of Stone Age tattoo, you know, and he's like a massive fan. Oh, and so they were all, we're all just trying to keep our cool and be like, yeah, no big deal, you know. But it's hard not to because those guys are just so cool and have done yeah. such great things. One of our employees here at Blackbird has a stained tattoo, and we just make fun of him for it. So. <laughs> As you should. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it's um, it's an awesome record, and came out today. Um, probably, if anyone's listening, listen to that album. Yeah, I mean, beautiful, unconventional, beautifully unconventional. Man, that song yeah. is awesome, and obviously the single "Don't Delete the Kisses," which it, it's just it's just got a lot of great songs on it, and it's a really yeah, cool record. Great. We're so happy. It's number one record in the UK right now. So in in the where? In in the U in in the UK the UK (laughs) in the Yucatan, (laughs) (laughs) which is crazy because it beat out Miley Cyrus's new record and uh, um, it's beating out like big pop records. Uh, What's the other girl? uh, Came out with a big pop record today over there. Uh, Uh, Demi Lovato, I think, came out with one today. It was bigger than those two records, which is a good sign for rock music because. I mean, it's not, I don't know if you guys are aware, but rock music is not too well received these days. So um, it's, it's good to have a, a, a rock record that, you know. Um, well. I don't know if you, um, I just had to step out for a second, but I'm back. Hey. Um, yeah. So Grammy uh, Grammy winning, right? Not just Grammy nominated, but Grammy, Grammy award winning engineer for well, Ziggy Marley, correct? Yeah, correct, man. Wow. Good time to be alive. <laughs> it is. It is a good time. 2016. Good time to be alive. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I was lucky. I uh, I worked with Ziggy Marley last year, and I mixed his record and um, won a little bit of a mix shootout. And um, we 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 were discussing mix shootouts the other day, man. And uh, I don't know how I feel about them, but I'm glad you won that one because that's great. <laughs> I hate him, but I'm glad you won. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, well, as long as you're getting compensated for your time, then that's fine. But, like, I I just, I don't enjoy that. I don't know. I just don't enjoy pitting engineers against each other. It's just not Yeah, it's a weird situation. Uh, And it's something that has, yeah, kind of become more commonplace. And I get it. I get why people do it. I don't think it's necessarily uh, a cool thing either. But um, uh, it's especially weird because, now like just because this one engineer mixed this one song better than everybody else doesn't mean that they would do you know on a different song on the record they might oh yeah fill it you know like i know i mean i don't know it's just a little i i I just think it's wrong i've been i've been on both sides of the coin so yeah i've you know i've definitely won most of my mix shootouts and i've definitely lost them as well well not to boast or anything but <laughs> so modest man so humble we're here with the most humble engineer <laughs> come on man i'm just trying to do my job um dude what is a couple of, like this will go two-parter but what is like the song that you're so embarrassed to admit you enjoy yeah, or, that like it's it's on in the car by yourself. You're jamming to it, but then it's like you can't really tell your friends that you like that song. Like if you yeah, if you had a buddy in the car, you'd be like, Phew. like I Jeff's changed, Florida Georgia oh, yeah. line. Like oh, no problem, dude. Oh yeah, mine is um, definitely marching. Dave uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, nothing to be embarrassed about. Jeff's that. a big Dave a big guy. Dave fan over here. 
Damn. Ant's marching's gonna come up every every week. Man. Oh my god. Yeah. Ant's marching came on almost every day in the studio during um after laughter record making. So Oh yeah. That well, I, I, is that a, is that like a legitimate answer, or is that a little sarcastic, like kind of play on? Um, so, like, definitely. Let me think. Let me think. Well, I like a lot of like pop music. I don't really think like I don't know. To be honest, I'm too old to think about like. <laughs> I'm too old uh, to think about what people give a fuck about. You know, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> but for real, like, I mean, I like pop music. I guess most people wouldn't think that's, that's very cool or whatever. You know. Like, yeah, you're being you're you're. You're straddling the fence right now, man, and we need an answer. <laughs> maybe, uh, um, Katy Perry, this is how we do. Are you serious? Uh, oh, God. Do you, no. But that's a perfect answer. That, <laughs> <laughs> no matter what you said, I was going to hardly disagree with you. Um, this is how we do that. <laughs> that is a good, that is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, awesome. What, what, what's like your most memorable studio road and studio story or I, I don't know share. how much time you still have with us, man. We could talk for days. So it's like, whenever you got to go, you just hang up, man. I should probably bounce after one or two more. Um, uh, studio story is, uh, Cinco de Mayo with Pete and Sarah and making margaritas and that's getting totally wasted while Justin is trying to lay down some bass tracks. <laughs> I'm sure he was super psyched about that. <laughs> then we'll save we'll save some more of those road stories for for another day, I guess. I mean, if you if you go into the studio on Cinco de Mayo, you you kind of have to understand what's going to happen. What's up? Well, no, I'm just saying like the fact that you guys are making margaritas and and getting after it. Oh, it right. I mean, yeah. Justin yeah. should have known that was going to happen. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. <laughs> it's time with that Oh, and also on that same night, the Paramore people showed up. It was oh wow, a double whammy. Yeah, and 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 Taylor was in rare form that night, and it was, it was funny. <laughs> wow, maybe um, I can't wait to let JMJ know. Maybe Carlos thinks he lost control of the session a little bit. Wow, <laughs> questioning his uh his his producing style a little bit. Wow. <laughs> Never say that. No. Never say that. <laughs> I never said that. I'll cut it out. Don't worry. We're not gonna cut it out. <laughs> um, so I guess the, the the last the last thing. Um, what are you working on now? What do you have coming up? Um, what's uh, what's uh, what are you jazzed about? Um, uh, so working on now. I am producing this awesome band called Culture Abuse. They got signed to Epitaph. Um, just started with them today or this week rather. Uh, I just finished another band for Epitaph. Who have, should have a record coming out. I don't know when it's coming out, but soon. It's already mastered, um, and it should be coming out, yeah, like later this year, I think, on Epitaph. The band is called uh, Teenage Wrist, and they're also SoCal boys. They're super awesome. It has, kind of has like a 90s Nirvana shoegaze kind of thing. Um, oh, but yeah, I got those two. I'm, mixed, I'm working with Joe Ciccarelli, who's a good friend, um, on this band's choice. A friend of, friend of the Stooge down here, too. Oh yeah, uh, he doesn't come yeah. down here often enough, but uh, yeah, it's been a few years. Yeah, but, but yeah, he did. Uh, he did those Boy and Bear records here, I believe. Which, nice. which records? Uh, Boy and Bear. There's some Bear. Australian band. He's done yeah. a bunch here. Yeah. Uh, Rack and Tours, best engineered uh, record. Yeah. You know yeah. whatever, whatever. White stripes, no big deal. Yeah. He's friends with um, Al as well. 
lost his hand. So help me. Yeah. Down to, uh, some of the stuff on the bleach record I did last year. Uh, the year, the year before, I can't remember. Um, that's been super cool too, man. I love, I love Every, yeah. We're all just working on music, man. Yeah, dude. And you are working on some really fucking cool music. So. Trying. Trying. I'm trying, Cable. <laughs> I know, my guy. I know, man. I miss you. You're hot like you, dude. Hey, dude, how did the um, the Half Noise tracks turn out? Oh, so sick. Dude, you did a great job with that. Oh, you're too kind. We're, cu- we're cutting this out because I can't self-promote me on here. Uh, sure you can. Um, That's the whole point. No, I was so excited once they told me you were going to make some. I was just like, oh, God, I hope they sound good enough. Uh, the songs are incredible. Yeah, man. The, what's your favorite? Um, <laughs> maybe she said. Or, yeah. I think I think all that love is. All that love is. Yeah, that's um, good. <laughs> that was awesome. Oh man, we had some. Uh, I've got it. I'll tell you that story in person of some of these the horn players that we got in to do. If you noticed, I mean, you mix the songs and there's no horns in any of the songs, but we, we hired horn players. They hired <laughs> horn players to play on. <laughs> but we, oh, it was a wild day. But awesome, man. Yeah, I will, I will. Um, well, thanks so much, man. I, we, we've been almost talking for an hour, dude. I'm sorry to keep you this long. Dude, Carlos, thank you so much. Yeah, All man. Good. Everybody good. needs to know this guy, Carlos De La Garza. He is... Not born in 1807. Yeah. The most badass engineer I know, and he's a great person. Um, check out his his what he's got coming up. Check out everything he's done. He's an awesome engineer. He's a great dude, and SoCal for life, dude. <laughs> so, I've got a CD player in my car. CD player in your car? Oh hell yeah! A CD player in your car? Absolutely. Also, cassette player. Oh, dude. Yeah, I'm a little okay. bit large. What? CDs are in your car right now. You know what are you listening to? It's CDs tough. in your car. It's tough. Um, my CD world is ancient at this time. All the CDs that I have in my car have been made maybe ten years ago, and a couple have been made a few years ago. Nothing this year. Nothing 2016. So currently, right now, that's in my car is Seosin, self-titled, Adele. 25. That's a great record. 1975. Whatever the new one's called. <laughs> something, 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 because of something, something, something. Wow. Um, that was like, we talked Taylor so Swift. much. Swift. Oh, which record? 1989. It's great. That is a good record. It's really great. I'm you not know, embarrassed to have bought that. I, I, her, her new song is the only one I really don't like. Like, you know, 1989, I was kind of like, there were a lot of good songs. It was, on that. It was like, a really smooth pop record. And this was. new one's kind of this new genre of pop. That's kind of like pop. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like pop rap and Katy Perry's done it. Yeah. And it Taylor didn't Smith work out. Doing it. It it's just kind of, that's what the Katy Fergie Perry. record was kind of like too. And like, I want like, kind of a weird I want like thing big girls happening. don't cry Fergie. I don't want like this weird hard <laughs> hip hop Fergie. You know what? After, I pulled that up yesterday, that record. It was 10 years ago since that dropped. Yeah. Glamorous, like, big uh, girls don't cheat. Oh. That's you ain't got no money, take <laughs> your broke, broke ass home. home. Yeah. 10 you, years ago. And that's like. That pop music is so much better than this it pop was, music. It, yeah, it was. This is like, it's weird. It's, it's weird. I don't know what it is. It's music. like, just like drums and bass pop. Yeah, it's, it's just drum. It's like a beat, low end, and 
weird vocals that are kind of rappy, rhythmic, but not very melodic. Yeah, and, and like Fergie is an amazing singer. Like she gets it, dude. You but, know, actually, I'm gonna give her new record a chance. <laughs> Milf. It's Milf, called Milf. Milf. Right? Is it really? No, no, you said that this, it's not called Milf. That song was called Milf. Yeah, I'm gonna listen to Milf. I haven't listened. Listen to, any to of it. Milf, dude. I'm gonna give it a um, shot. I don't. I think the only CD I have in my car right now is. Um, I don't even know. I might not have it. You any. just have one CD. Well, right. I, you want to borrow the 1975? Because we talked about uh, it. I, I hey, dude, we it. both listened. I, I, we, no, I'm going to give you the no, CD. No, no, no. But it's yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because we have both listened to it. You think you both of you guys? We, uh, we were listening to the older 1975. No, are you? Have you no, I listened, listened, I listened to the you new listen one. You listened to the new one? Did oh. you? I got about halfway through it. I've already listened to it. It's, what do you mean halfway through it? I didn't like it. Like halfway like through. You, like what? God what do you not understand about that? He's halfway through the record. You were just like you spent. How do you just stop? You last spent week you twenty-eight were... minutes, and you're like, I don't want to hear the rest. No, of it. La- well, I don't yeah, want to know exactly. how this ends. I didn't. I, wow, I don't that's, know. That did says you, something about a record. Did you make though. it to She's American track five? I, I, I think so. Probably. Damn, it starts with the cool drum. Last week you were saying it's not that eighties. It is Dude, like, it is so it is, 80s. It's all that it is. I don't think I said that at all, and we have it on recording. Did I say that? I'm pretty sure you did. You said something along those lines. Anyway. Um, anyway. Anyways. You said something that was wrong. I, didn't, I said I it's didn't good. It. I didn't hate it. Uh, I, I just, love it. I, had listened, I re-listened to their first album, and it's just... Yeah. It's miles better. I can't argue that. Yeah, it is. Dude, girls, but girls, this men's wear. just girls breaking hearts. The guitar tones were like, yeah. I mean, they were like that poppy, like alternative pop kind of like tones on the first record, and not so chorusy and like yeah, reverby um, as this as this new one. Yeah, um, chorus is big. Yeah, Dude, but but I that's in though. But we were like we were saying that's that's in man. Even like because they made it in. Yeah, but and again, you gotta dude, respect game changing records. But they I don't think that. I don't think the second one was. Maybe the first, the first one, one was. was. No, that's when not all that stuff was cool. So they made a record that was super relevant to the time, and they had a couple like really great songs that picked up. I don't up. think anyone was making that type of music when that. Who I else mean, besides 1975 was making? I mean, I'm just talking about the band. Thing. Well, like they were kind of oh, like the band they were, thing was relevant. They were kind of like yeah. Strokes. Like Strokes were kind of like in hiatus at that point, but like Royal Concept is very similar to that kind of uh-huh. sound. Th- those guys are sick, man, and I don't, they need to put out some more music. It's um, been a while. Yeah, but there was like like Phoenix. I would put in kind of that same yeah, style, I guess. exactly the same, yeah, a little bit. Um, but even now, so the new Phoenix record is more that vein of kind of a bit more spatial and not so like straight like straight guitars and and straight yeah. pop it's a bit more kind of of that style um but they're they've always been more a bit more electronic and kind of mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. and more french than uh, yeah. well, obviously than they're just so sophisticated those yeah. guys and they're so fucking god so talented yeah that record yeah. you guys got to listen to Tiamo man their new record it is yeah, I have not listened to that. T. Tiamo. Amo. Like, like I love you. Um, Hold on, Sean's, the, call, Sean's calling me. The bagel and cream cheese hangover cure is. It's just fanta- the, it, it, that's just my go-to, man. I don't know what bagel, cream cheese, chocolate milk. Maybe Every, I, I everything know. bagel. 
Yeah. I've been into it everything lately. Um, there's certain places around town, though, that will toss in pumpernickels on their everything bagel, and I fucking hate that. Hmm. I, I don't, don't like, like that. pumpernickel. I don't agree with that. And everything bagel like is, an everything is salt, pumpernickel. sesame, and poppy seed. Well, they just include the pumpernickel in their everything. Yeah, no. But it's such an overpowering. That's like an everything plus. It's not an everything. It's they're breaking. The That's rules. what I'm saying. Everything for I mean, me is but, pop, poppy seed, sesame seed, garlic, onion, salt, salt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You forgot garlic onion. I, I did. Yeah. However, everything. It is everything. Very vague. That How is, could you that say is shop like specific. pumpernickel doesn't belong in there? Um, because I grew up around Dunkin' Donuts, and there's no pumpernickel on there. Everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I grew I up around the Dunkin'. Yeah, let's everyone. actually double a shout out, Dunkin'. What's up, Dunkin'? Feed the beat. What? Feed that's the Taco beat. Bell. That's Taco. <laughs> that's Taco Bell. <laughs> oh god. You guys want to go get some food? Yeah, I'm so hungry. Let's go feed the beat, man. Let's go get. You know what I'm really in the mood for? Burger Bros. Uh, Grilled stuffed burrito. Taco Bell. (laughs) (laughs) Let them have their time. Sit back and let them shine. Let them rise and rise. Cause one day they're gonna fall. Let them soak in the sun. Sit back and let them have their fun. Let them spill their guts. Cause one day they're gonna slip on them. (laughs) 